Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Slowly. Okay, we're live. <laughs> we did it. Hey, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by our guest, Gabe Gutierrez. Thank you so much for joining us, Gabe. We're so excited to have you. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, can you just give our listeners a brief uh, introduction of yourself and your business so they can get to know you a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been running uh, a window cleaning business for 22 years in the Tucson, Arizona area. Uh, we, you know, started small as just myself. Uh, as, as the years went on, I kind of expanded, hired slowly. Uh, and then we had our daughter and things changed. I had to kind of figure out if I was going to take my business seriously or not um, or go and get a real job. Right. So um, <laughs> we did. We decided to stick with the business. And to my surprise, when you put a little effort towards the business, it grows. So um, that's where we're at now. Uh, now we run. Uh, well, we have four trucks. Uh, we're just getting to our busy season. So we're starting to run all of them uh, during this, our summer is our slow season over here. And then we're super busy between October to December. Um, so that's that's kind of our, our super busy season. And of course, we have spring cleaning and all that. But um, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, the other thing that uh, I do, I'm a moderator for the Into the Flow group. That's what my background is. Uh, it's a little organization on Facebook that's set up for philanthropy, education, and safety in the window cleaning industry. Uh, Megan's been a, a wonderful contributor uh, to the group for, for since the beginning, uh, both her and Jeff. And uh, it's just something that uh, we really enjoy doing. It helps a lot of people. And we just try to keep everything low drama so that we can stick to the nuts and bolts of helping uh, small business owners, in particular window cleaners, uh, but other other uh, trades are involved as well. Just help them to be successful and be safe. Oh, I love this. I'm trying to share it into the flow right now. So yeah. I'm like, I can <laughs> yeah, there you go. before he gets through his intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're sharing away over there. But uh, <laughs> I'm super excited to have you, Gabe. and. Everyone that this is your first time joining, my name is Taylor Maroney. I actually co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. And similar to Gabe, our seasons are very similar. Summer's our slow season. We start to pick up around October now through the uh, first part of the year as well. But my background really comes from marketing. So I'm excited today to talk to Gabe about social media marketing because he has a killer presence on social media. So that's what we're kind of briefly going to talk about today, but super excited to have you with us, Gabe, and welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. And good morning. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. My passion is educating and empowering small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. Uh, I got to become friends with Gabe during COVID, actually, with King mm-hmm. Facebook friends because we were both yeah. fighting really hard to help our fellow window cleaners figure out some pretty intense government programs and uh, kind of keeping keeping everybody afloat. That's how I feel like our friendship originated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where we take care of bookkeeping and virtual CFO tasks for small businesses in our industry. And I own win- a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, based out of Northern California called Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters. So welcome back, everybody. Happy Tuesday. I'm happy to be here. And we don't have Michelle with us today. So we're together. And the reason we're together is admin boot camp is this week in Nashville. And we're already here. Michelle's on her way. Tay comes later today. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, my name's Martha Woodward and I owned a maid service for about 13 years. I co-founded quality driven software to help me get my, employee performance numbers, quit losing clients. (laughs) And anyway, I just work with people trying to improve their culture, build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club, everyone. Nashville, Tennessee. And I did get it, I did get it shared to Into the Flow. So 
prove it. So that's funny. The jobs of a moderator. That's very important. They are very good for group. I will say that. Shout out to Into the Flow. If you're in the window cleaning, pressure washing, solar panel cleaning industry, they take it very seriously. It's a it's a warm and fuzzy group. Only nice humans. Yes. Well, that kind of segue is perfect. So thank you, Megan, because I want to talk to Gabe today about social media and really Instagram in particular, because I have to say your Instagram account, Megan put me onto it and I was blown away. You guys are doing oh. such an amazing job on your social media for Instagram in particular. And the reason mm -hmm. I want to focus on that is so many people are scared of that account. You know, we're all as business owners, very used to Facebook. We're very comfortable with Facebook and it's been around kind of the longest out of the two. So what really drove you to get started on Instagram and really start to post more on that particular social media platform? So um, basically uh, when I, I never was on social media, um, for since Facebook started, I didn't want to have nothing to do with Facebook. I don't want to have nothing to do with any. So I just thought that it was dumb. I didn't really have any desire. And then at that time I'd mentioned where now I had to start figuring when I was decided to take my business serious and I knew I had to start, uh, advertising it, uh, out of all the, the forms that existed at that time, Instagram was the easiest for me to comprehend. You know, Facebook was just so busy that there was so many things going on. I just like, Oh, it was just, I hated it. Right. So Instagram was just simple. You post a picture, you say a little thing on it and then people like it or they don't, you know? So that's when I, that's why I started. And I, I just did it myself for years. I just, in something would happen, I'd take a picture. I'd take a picture of me at a job. Uh, you know, there really wasn't any video at the time. It was all images. And uh, I've developed a little bit of a following, not, not, you know, anything huge. I think I had maybe 60 followers on my business page, but for me, for a little business, you know, it was, that was pretty good. And, um, and then as we started growing, um, I really tried to post more on the page and it just, you know, it's, it's a full-time job. I mean, it's a full-time mm -hmm. job trying to come up with content, try not to do the same thing over and over again. Um, and so I ended up hiring, I hired a young lady, uh, to start, uh, out of high school. She just graduated and, and she did okay. And she did fine. Uh, but it was definitely a hobby for her. So uh, I would send her pictures and I would send a thing and then it would like take a while for her to post. Cause my thing was like, I just want to have something on there once one post every day, at least minimum. That way I'm in the feed, you know, and, and uh, I'll talk about my philosophy with that a little later, but anyway, so she ended up getting another job and then we got our current uh, mark uh, uh, social media marketing uh, manager. And her name is Akaya. She's a senior in high school and she is awesome. She is awesome. And she takes it like a job. This is her job. Right. As she, she has ideas and she runs them by me and we work together. Can you get me a picture of you doing this or of the techs doing this or, or she'll go on the job and she'll take pictures of them. You know, she'll go into the desert and take pictures of, of, you know, beautiful desert landscapes and stuff for posts. Um, she's just really creative. I did put her through a couple uh, social media classes uh, and, and that has helped tremendously. Um, it's, it's, it's just funny how, um, she, you know, she just applies these, these things. She, she learns and she applies, which is, is, you know, hard, hard to do these, these days with our young people. Uh, but she, uh, so, some of our posts have gotten in, in Facebook of, of all places have gone viral. We've got one that's got 10 million views. It's wow. got like, like almost 20,000 likes. Um, and yeah. you know, it's just a little, little, you know, none of our other posts have that, but it just shows how when you, you kind of know what you're doing and you put the little, you know, you take time to, to, to curate what you're putting on there. You never know what's going to hit. You know, our TikTok now has gotten really popular and um, we're getting a lot more as it goes on. And so um, we're finding more interaction now with TikTok um, than we have been with Instagram and Facebook. So what our, my, my, this, uh, my strategy has always been with social media. I don't expect a post and a call the post is meant to just is the branding, right? It's just to stay yeah. in front of our customer's eyes. So as long as we're consistent with our posting, then when they're ready and they think, Oh, I need to get my windows clean. I'm hoping that my name is going to be the one that pops up. And, and so right. TikTok has been that we have a lot of followers 
And, um, you know, like a lot of people comment and, and they ask questions and then we can incorporate questions in TikToks. So the TikTok has been almost a foundation to that. We, we pick the best TikToks and then we post those in our Instagram and then we will, then we'll move them the next week onto the Facebook. So it extends the content. So we're not feeling like we have to do everything from scratch We're we're reusing. And Zakaya will take a 30 second clip and cut that into like six pieces and they make six videos out of it. It's just amazing what she does. So it's just kind yeah. of expanding what we got and, and making the most of, of the, the content so that we continually stay in the, in the eyes of our customers. So I'm going to pause you real quick because you just dropped an amazing golden nugget that most people don't really talk about enough when it comes to social media marketing. I, as I said, I love it. I live in it. I am an Instagram influencer, micro influencer myself. So I've really done a lot of research into this. And what Gabe just said is so important. His social media manager shoots a video, right? We're talking maybe a minute long, maybe at most a minute and a half at most. But then from there, she can take that content and recycle that into six, seven additional posts throughout other platforms. This is so important when we're talking about content management and content creation. So she's not having to develop new content constantly because she was able to work from that one video that she shot and develop that into an additional six to seven pieces of content, which now can flow over to multiple areas of social media, not just TikTok. It can go to Instagram and it can go to Facebook. So that alone is a huge golden nugget that I definitely want everyone to really let that soak in. Because I know content creation, as you said, was really the scary part once you started mm -hmm. picking up, right? It's yep. That's where everyone gets concerned is how am I going to create all this new content? How am I going to be engaging? How am I going to connect with my audience? And it's very simple. It's that simple process that Gabe is discussing that allows you to build upon your content and then be also be able to reuse it, right? If you posted something last year in the spring that hit really yep. well, you can absolutely repost that this upcoming spring and pretty much take the same exact content that you used and tweak it a little bit for that new year. It's not a bad thing to reuse content. It's not a bad thing to recycle it to other platforms. It actually makes your life so much easier. So I'm so happy that one, you have a social media manager that does this and does it very effectively for your brand. And two, she's, she's very engaging, which is fantastic. Yes. You know, she wants to be involved and that's really important as well as to make mm -hmm. sure that she's involved with not only the, the platforms themselves, but the company, right? We don't want them to be so disconnected that they don't have that understanding of the culture, which I know Martha will talk about with you in a little bit. So before I let you run, I know I'm kind of going over a little bit, but there's like three of us today. So <laughs> I want to know kind of what your, um, you had mentioned briefly in the beginning that you do have a strategy behind your posting and mm -hmm. what that strategy was, you were kind of going to give us a little bit later on. So do you mind talking about what that strategy is for posting? Cause I know not only is content an issue for people developing yeah. that, but yeah. then developing a schedule is very hard too. So what type of schedule do you work on when it comes to social media posting? So she, um, she uses, I think it's called buffer is the program. And so she, you know, cause I, I let her, it's her schedule. She works out, she's still in school. I say, you do it whenever you want. You just keep, you know, just clock in when you're working and clock out when you're not. So she will get, you know, five or six videos and then she'll schedule them out, uh, to the different, the, the different, uh, uh you know, uh, social media apps or whatever that we use. And so that helps a lot because the biggest thing I think is hard is being consistent. And so if you wait until the day of to post, something happens, you know, an errand comes up, an emergency comes up, and then before you know it, it's midnight and you're posting your post for the day. And that doesn't really have the same effect. Whereas yeah. if you schedule it out, you know, every day it's going to drop at noon or at one or whatever, you know, because she monitors when the traffic is for, for the last few weeks. And then she adjusts the time to, to drop at, at when it's going to be hopefully most visible right. at that. And so that, that's been a big help, just making sure that it's consistent and hopefully we're dropping it at, at high traffic areas when it's going to be seen the most. Um, but I think the other thing too, you know, you're talking about what our goal is, um, our branding isn't designed to get customers necessarily, it's to connect with people. 
So hopefully they will be customers. So I think what happens a lot of times with window cleaners, and it's not bad because I mean, we post it too, but you'll get to a window cleaning social media post and all it is, is them cleaning windows. It's them different angles, cool music, them doing this really cool fanning. And it's cool. I mean, we, like I said, we post that too, but we try to include posts about um, the, the, our town, you know, local restaurants that are awesome, local sites, you know, pictures of the desert, events that are happening, other businesses that are, are maybe uh, um, uh, complementary to our business, uh, you know, we'll reach out to them. And if they have a social media, we'll, we'll promote them on ours. And we try to make it definitely a community feel like we're not just here just so that you can, we can make money off of you. We're here to share you what we, what we love, which is our town. And, and we love our town. We love our, our, our community. And we'll, you know, especially with nonprofits, we love to promote nonprofits in our area. But I feel that that gives a better feel to any potential customers about what the personality of our business is. And if we do that, then we can make a connection that's stronger than, oh, that's a cool video. I, I think I'll call them. It's like, oh, this is a very responsible community, uh, uh, you know, loving business. I want to be a part of that. And then hopefully that's a stronger loyalty than just someone who's looking for a window cleaner. Absolutely. And I think I could steal the whole show, guys. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I'll kind of recap really quick because, again, Gabe, you just had an amazing gold nugget that a lot of people don't talk about as much in social media. And that is not the I, but the you. You want to make sure you're talking to your clients and making sure you're addressing their needs, which may not just be window cleaning, as you mentioned. There's ways that you can get involved in your community. We've done posts in, in our area about, you know, family events over the weekend that are free events that you can take your kids to that are options for you to do. And we post that on Fridays. And that's a way for families to know, hey, I can always check that account to know if there's anything free or affordable coming up in the area that I can do mm -hmm. with my family. Like that's something that not a lot of people maybe do on, as a business in your area. As Gabe said, they post about community events. They share other businesses on their page. You know, they want this to be almost like a community blog newsletter, kind of in yeah, a sense, to exactly. allow to feel that warmth of the business and the community itself, which is very important. Because now when they do want to come to you, as you said, for window cleaning, it's a no brainer for them because you've made the connection on a human level. It hasn't yeah. been on a sales level, which I, I'm right. very adamant about always saying that we don't have to be salesy on social media. We can just be human and that's okay. I, I'm not a salesman by nature, so I hate sales. I hate the- Me neither. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'd rather sell the, our brand, which hopefully is something that is, like you said, is giving, is, is inclusive is someone who cares about the person as a cus as a as a person not just as a customer and that, that I care that they get the value that they're they're spending money on and um, if we can portray that then hey we'll get the customers that we're looking for Absolutely well as we're talking about customers and bringing in more leads I think it's a perfect transition to hand you off to Megan Gabe so I appreciate you taking so much time with me today and I'm so excited to see and watch this page continue to grow Oh thanks Gabe. Gabe was worried that you're going to grill him. I'm not going to grill him. <laughs> Before we even go to money, I have two follow-up questions about marketing because this is so good. And I should watch the notes. I um, note-taking, so I had a feeling this was going to happen. <laughs> Gabe, I've had in, like, I always, we always joke, Martha's going to hate me saying this publicly, but, like, I always joke that I have this, like, shopping cart of future employees. And I've had in my shopping cart a uh, marketing assistant for, like, uh -huh. two years. And I even have like what I think are the duties. So I'm going to add this to my little Google doc for this imaginary marketing person that's going to join my team at some point. And you could help me if you answer these two questions. One is, how did you find Akela? And two is, will you share your job listing with me? <laughs> I think, I, like, I, that, that was that was all friends. I just put, hey, anyone know a high school age kid who is responsible and hardworking and will take this job seriously? That's all I posted. Because most young people know how to do TikTok and they know how to do social media. They're always on it, right? Right. So well, it's like they, they already have the skills. <laughs> so you just need to find someone who has the qualities to be a good employee with those skills. And then you can kind of work off of that. So I get stuck in like perfectionist mode. And I feel like I just have to have the perfect like schedule built out. And I have to have the perfect like accountabilities mm -hmm. built out. And we've already discussed this like at least six months oh ago. <laughs> 
She's like, this is enough. Just go post it. I'm like, post what? Post where? So you're yeah. saying, ask my friends if they know any high schoolers that are responsible and spend a lot of time with yeah. them. And then once you once you find that person and you and you kind of figure out that they're worth hiring and, and they're worth staying with you, educate them. You know, send them to classes, send them to TikTok classes, send them to Instagram classes. Um, because uh, we, send we, them to social media classes to drum engagement and invest in them. So yes, because you know they, they videos, she's gonna kick me any second. <laughs> <laughs> they they know how to um, post and they know how to stay regular on there, but they don't always know the nuances that what's gonna hit. And that's what those classes teach. And that helped her like with where to put the text on the page, how long to leave the text up there, what color should the text be with the background on it, you know, leaving a little bit above the head so that you have room for the text. You're not putting the text over a face or on the side or, or making it too small to see. I mean, stuff like that, looking for, you know, uh, music that is, is the stuff that's hitting right now. You know, that's, that's catching all of that stuff. I had no idea. You know, I sat in on some of the classes with her. And um, it's just, it's worth its weight in gold because once we started doing that, our, our likes, our views just shot up, especially in Instagram. It's funny, it, it did well in, in TikTok, but it started, it just translated so easy to the Instagram reels. Um, and the reels are really hot right now. And, and that's almost, almost not everything that we're dropping, but the majority of we're dropping in Instagram are reels because they're, they're hitting so, so well. And um, so, yeah, it's, that's, that's the main thing. I, I, you can definitely hire a company who's like a social media marketing company, but it's going to be expensive. You know, um, if you just hire a young person and they love it because it's what they do, you know, they're good at it. And, and then you start, you know, you, they start seeing the, the, the money that comes with doing that. And it gets them even more excited. So uh, it's, it's just, I, I found it works out really well in that way. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. So we're supposed, we're supposed to talk about money. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know, what are we going to, because I don't, I don't want to grill you. We are friends. I want you to feel, <laughs> you know, my job is to make you look good. And so I'm like, okay, what can we talk about? Because there's so many cool things about your company. Um, and I feel like I want to talk about this, taking your company seriously. Uh, so you're okay. saying there's this like shift point. And I feel like that shift point's yeah. probably similar to the amount of time that we've been friends, like in the past four yeah. years. Is that Absolutely. about yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it was actually in 2013 is when I made that decision because my daughter was born in, in 2009. So she was about three. Um, I had always had my window clean business, but then I had a part time job and that's how I made ends meet. And it was getting to where the part time job wasn't enough. And it was also odd hours. And, you know, we have a three year old. She's starting. She's getting to old enough where she's missing me now. where She's wondering where where Papa is, you know, and so she that she was the reason why I had to decide, okay, either I'm going to stick with, with window cleaning and try to work at it, or I'm going to get another job. Um, and so honestly, I just, I had just relied on word of mouth. I, I didn't advertise. I had one little ad in a, in a community newspaper that I, I had a lot of work in. That was it. That was the extent of my advertising. I didn't advertise at all. And so when I say I started trying I started advertising. <laughs> I started paying for, for other things other than that little ad, you know, and I started just trying to, to ask for work. You know, I started asking my customers, Hey, do you have friends? Do you have relatives that you would recommend us to? I started trying to get reviews online. Uh, and you know, all of those things just uh, as I started growing, then I started, that's when I started meeting you was when I started trying to get educated as to how to run a business because I was growing now but I had no business education and I didn't understand how to run, how to run it profitably. You know, I, I was making a certain amount of money. Then I hired and all of a sudden I, I personally wasn't, the business was doing great, but I was making way less money personally. And yeah. I, I kind of got scared. And so I backed off and I went back to myself for about a year. And then I, I said, this is ridiculous. I'm working way too much. I need to hire, but I need to figure out how to do it right. And so that's when I started going to conventions and that's when I started trying to, talk to people who knew what they were doing because I obviously didn't know what I was doing. And that's when I, that's around the time I'm starting to meet you. I feel like you just hit on something that every listener is either currently experiencing or has experienced in business. And it's this idea that, and I've been, I've been like, I've been trying to create something and it's like, I've been trying to simplify this, this concept that you just said very simply. So I should have just called you is what I should have done. <laughs> that like when we start and we're a technician, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot more money in business. 
because we yes. essentially, if we think about what we sell, we sell labor hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we sell our time. So when it's yep. us that's doing the labor, when it's us exchanging the time for the money, there's a lot more of it. Yes. And then it becomes much more difficult math when we decide, eh, my time's better spent working on the business, which is what we hear in every, yes. we need to go work on the business. On so the business. you have to, you can't just stop paying yourself when you work on the business, but the math gets tricky. And yes. like, I think the weak points of a business become really apparent because now suddenly there's not enough to pay somebody else and go work on the business. Yes. So we have to adjust our pricing and we have to adjust yes. our models and we have to watch things much more closely because otherwise what you just described happens to, I'd say 90% yep. of business owners, there's not yep. enough left for them. Like now it's yeah. stressful. They can't make their payroll. So uh, I remember, I think probably when we first met in real life, it was an IWCA convention in Savannah mm-hmm. um, that uh, there was Jace, Jason was there. Jason from, I think he's from Wisconsin, somewhere, somewhere up north. And Jason, we were, we were feeling stressed. Like we, when we had met Martha four years ago, we had been at this point where we we're like, Jeff's just going to fire everybody and go back to owner operator. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. easier. There's more money. It's easier. And the reality is there's more money and it is easier money, but it's not scalable and it's, it's not, not. Right. So Jason said, Megan, just keep going. We were at, I think we we're between two and three trucks then. And he said, when you get to four, everything gets better. And I was like, there's no way. Like, we are not gonna make it to four. Our marriage is not gonna make it to four. Jeff is not gonna make it to four. Like, our bank account's not gonna, well, we're not gonna make it to four. Like we're gonna do three, Jason, and then we're done. And he's like, no, keep pushing to four. So when you said during your intro, you're at four, I thought, let's talk about like what yeah. changes because I think in the four to five years that we've known each other, you've had a similar issue where you're like, I just yes. wanna, I just wanna go back to doing it myself. It was less stressful. And then, but I want more time with my family. I can't yes. do it all myself. I got to figure this out. So can you talk yes. through, did it change at four? Like it did, it did. Yeah, four. In that two to three, what would you tell them? Yeah, so there is a speech I give people when they ask for advice on that, on growth. And I say, there are periods where you have to bust through a wall. So whenever you hire someone new or you buy a truck or you add a crew, you're going to have to bust through a wall. Meaning if you've got any momentum that you're going on, you're going to slow down for a little bit because you're breaking through a barrier. And, and that's what I had to do. And that's why I got scared off because I broke through the wall, but I slowed down and I didn't understand why I was slowing down. So I retreated. Right. Um, eventually when I, I was forced to, because I just had way too much work, and I needed to spend some time with my family and, and give my health a, a rest. Um, I went through it and I just and I just said, well, I guess I'm just going to make less money then because I just have to. I can't do this. But then you break through the wall. You kind of get used to the you, now you have payroll. Now you have workers comp. Now you have insurance because more insurance because you're paying more vehicles. Now you got more vehicle maintenance. Once you get used to those expenses and then, like you said, you adjust your rates to compensate for those expenses. Then all of a sudden, oh, wait a second when I wasn't even looking, now I'm making more money. And then we, you take the next step in growth. And again, it's going to be, you're going to have to break through all because you're adjusting to the growth and not only adjusting to the growth, but you're having to learn how to manage that growth in, in an efficient way. And that has been my journey. And like you said, I think four is kind of the magic number. At least it has been for me. I finally feel like there's some consistency with my business um, I'm only right th- at this time. I'm only working two days a week in the field. If I have to today, I'm, I have to, because my, uh, one of my techs, his, his wife's water broke this morning. So that's, I, I had today off, but I'm working today <laughs> for him. So, uh, that's cool. But you know, but I can do that, right? We have that flexibility now where I don't feel like all the pressure is on my shoulders. I don't feel like all the pressure is on the one tech that I have. And if he calls in sick, everything goes to pot. I feel like we have enough techs that, if something happens, we can kind of work things around and, and the business still goes without missing a beat. But we're also not so uh, uh, high pressure to, to get all this work uh, because we need to be, you know, attain this certain level of profitability or the business is going to go under. And we're kind of in a sweet spot right now, you know. And so now rather than worrying about buying another truck, 
I'm just going to, next time, the, you know, I have the ability to do that, we're just going to swap out trucks, you know, get the old ones, you know, sell them and then and then upgrade it and keep it about this size. Because you can have more employees and still have four trucks, you know, just run that two-man cruise and just keep them with bigger jobs. Yeah. But, um, Martha's going to want to talk all about, like, the employee culture of, you know, growing team and all of that. I want to stay here with the money because what you just did is you kind of, like, you skimmed over it. And I, I think a lot of people need to hear you say it again, or I'm going to, I'm going to share what I heard you mm -hmm. say. Correct me if it's wrong, but Abe snuck in there that he got a handle on his expenses. And he also snuck in there that he was able to differentiate what expenses scale as I had a new crew and what expenses stay the same. And I, this is where, what I've been trying to figure out for the past couple of months. And I, I'm really close guys. So if you're struggling with this, reach out, I've got some cool calculators that I've built. But here's what he's what he's trying. This is the math that he's doing in his head that I wish we all did sooner in business. And it's mm -hmm. called a break-even point. And the yeah. break-even point kind of decides, okay, so if I want to make more money, I have to spend this much money. That's those are your variable expenses. Those yes. are your labor. You gotta you gotta invest in more people. You gotta invest in more equipment. You gotta invest in more trucks. You gotta invest in more gas. Those are your variable expenses. And then we separate it and we've got our fixed expenses and the fixed expenses are the ones that are kind of constant and set like the rent for our shop, our pay as the owner, our office salaries. Uh, I would consider a fixed expenses, social media marketing manager salary, mm -hmm. right? So kind of figuring out what's the difference between those. And then, and then the math gets fun. So in Gabe and I's industry, four seems to be a magic number of crews. But if you're listening to this and you're in lawn care or you're in maid service, it's probably a very different number. And you can figure this out once you figure out how much money do I have to make every single day in order to not have to borrow from a savings account and pay everybody that I want to pay. And once you figure out that number, then you divide it by your crews and you have your goal. You can set a target. You can set a place that you're going. And so I like, Gabe, that you figured this out and you're mm -hmm. saying that you're going to stay at four and what you're going to do. I, I learned this expression from somebody at an IWCA convention is you're going to squeeze the cottage cheese like athletes <laughs> <Yes>. do <laughs> in the Olympics. The idea is like you have a good when you hit these levels of stages of growth that Gabe's defining, then you get to kind of hang out there for a minute and, mm -hmm. and keep optimizing it. You get to squeeze yes. more cottage cheese so that you get more good stuff out of that size business. And once you feel like you've optimized it, then you can go to the next level of growth, knowing that Gabe said, you're gonna have to push through a wall or break through mm -hmm. a wall, or bust down a wall, and you're gonna get a little beat up from it and you're gonna keep yeah. going to the next phase of business. So that was a really helpful visual. I hope that if you're a listener who's like stuck in this, in window cleaning our, our two to three truck, where you're like, I just wanna go back to one. It's just easier yeah. at one. Think about what Gabe said. And I'm gonna end with one thought, which is, um, Gabe, you, you shared this. You said, um, my body, like my body, my health needed a break. And so mm -hmm. in our industry, like with my husband and Gabe, I think you're very similar. This is a hard job. It's mm -hmm. a very labor intensive taxing job. So if you choose to go back to one truck, we will not judge you, but you mm -hmm. need to have a retirement plan because your body yeah. is not gonna produce at the same level forever. Um, it, it, you want to share anything about, I know you've, you've really, you've shared a lot about this with others, like yeah. physical health. And, and honestly, that's the reason why I hired, you know, why I didn't stay with a single person because I, you know, I, I see so many, and even in my own town, I've taken accounts from business owners who they reached a certain age and they just could not do it anymore. And they've sold their business to me at a very cheap rate because they just had to dump it because they, they could just could not literally could not take care of their clients anymore. And I saw that and I'm like, well, look, I, my business is an asset and I can either work it until it, I can't do it anymore. And then I lose the asset uh, all these tw 20, 30 years, you know, however long I end up cleaning windows uh, and it's gone or I can hire and have, even when I'm not physically able to do the work to the level that I need to, I have workers under me who, and the business continues to support our family and continues to be an asset. So if I do decide to sell it, it's a, it's a vibrant, healthy business that someone can take over and I can use that money for retirement or for whatever, you know, I decide to do or invest it in another company. But, you know, it's just kind of, it's such a waste in, in my view to stay, to stay a single owner operator. And, and not that, you know, for some people their, their life goals are, that's what they want to do. And I get that, 
you know, and they just want to work. And then when they're done, they're done. But for me, having a family and looking how am I going to provide when I'm in my 60s and 70s, um, it just made sense to make sure that this asset that I spent years, decades building remains viable and remains something valuable that I can actually use, you know, later on when, when I can't do the work anymore. I feel like you're like Yoda, like with your knowledge bomb. <laughs> put in the comments, Tay's playing note taker today. Thank you, Tay, you're doing a great job. She just put in the comments, my business is an asset game, right? <laughs> I feel like this, this is something that I haven't even fully wrapped my head around. Uh, I had, we had our annual like financial planning meeting with our investment advisor. And I'm like, she's like, but in your retirement plan, like what's it going to be worth? And I was like, no, we're, we're going to assume that it's worth nothing <laughs> in retirement because that's the doomsday scenario. Mm -hmm. And we're going to keep staying the course of investing in our retirement at, you know, a really aggressive rate. Um, and, and I think at some point I'm going to have to stop doing that. I'm going to have to start, stop thinking that and think like you do. Our business is an asset. We're investing blood, sweat, and tears in this asset. Mm -hmm. And the sooner we can think about it that way, the sooner we can think about it, just like you invest in your retirement account. Like how do you get mm -hmm. a greater return on this asset. So mm -hmm. I can't wait to see you uh, in person and talk to you more about this as I mull that over. But we're gonna leave our listeners with that thought in the finance section. Your business is an asset. It's time to start treating it like one. So, yep. and I, I think we're gonna, are we gonna do systems? Or are we gonna just, what yeah, are we gonna do? Just we're just going to go. Yeah, let's just, we're going to pass. Gonna, Michelle, we talked about some systems. We're passing <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you were talking about that, Gabe, I, you know, we're all in a lot of industry groups and mm -hmm. I definitely see people as being a big hindrance to growing, you know, Megan alluded to Jeff was like, uh, you know, I hate yeah. this part of the business. I'm just going to go back to owner operator because you don't have to deal with other people and mm -hmm. in trying to lead people and get what you need. And um, so how did you navigate that? You know, um, what growing pains did you have when you went from it? You had pride in your work. You knew mm -hmm. you did a good job, blah, 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 blah. And then now you're bringing on people. Yeah. So how did you scale by adding people? That That's an excellent question because that was probably the journey that I took from 2013 when I decided to grow till about 2017, 2018, when I actually was growing with a purpose. And um, first first thing that I had to do was I had to separate myself from the business. So my business name is Gabe Spotless Window Cleaning. Uh, my name is in the business. I have people, I still have people, same customers. In fact, I'm going to go clean a house today for a customer. I've been cleaning for 20 years. You know, she's one of my first customers. Um, they know me. They, they know the work that I was, I was, parallel with the work, right? The window cleaner meant Gabe. And it had been like that for so long. So when the problem with that is when you want to grow, there is no other window cleaner who's going to compare to you in your customer's eyes. So you send someone else over there and it's it's the 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 B team, right? And people don't want that they're paying money for the A team. They don't want the B team. So in their eyes, the A team only meant Gabe and maybe Gabe and one other person. Right. Why? I, then that's that defeats the whole purpose of hiring, right? If you can't send your guys to go do a job, if you have to be on every you know other job because they're demanding you, so I, I slowly learned to separate myself from the company. It's like my me as an individual from the company, and of course that involved training, that involved educating my customers, working with them, highlighting, look at what look at what my worker did on these windows. Didn't he do a great job? you know, isn't he introducing them and, and, you know, trying to, to kind of get them to know that my, my techs, because I wanted them to have the same trust that the techs would do the, the same quality job when I was not there or regardless, you know? And, and so that was, that was the first part learning to separate. The second thing that I had to do, and I learned this from one of the IWCA conventions, one of the classes I took there was you, you, your, your techs are not you and that's okay. They're not going to be you. 
and they're not going to do exactly the way you did it, but there's more than one way to clean a window and there's more than one way to treat a customer that they're going to be happy with. And mm -hmm. so rather than focusing on my, my techs, not doing it exactly the way I wanted, I started looking for what, what do they, what, what characteristics or skills or qualities do they have that I don't have, but are actually beneficial to my company. And once I started looking at it that way, one, it, it changed the relationship I had with my techs because I wasn't always harping on them because they weren't doing this and this and this. And I started complimenting them and, and asking them, keep doing this, keep, you know, this worked out really well. The customer was really happy with that. You know, awesome. I'm going to send you to that customer from now on. Okay. Cause they like you. Oh, that's great. And then that makes them feel good because they mm -hmm. feel like, Oh, I'm being requested. You know, I'm appreciated for my work. And once I changed that attitude towards my, my techs, I felt like they, it was no longer an employee employer relationship. It was more of a coach, you know, uh, uh, athlete. That's why we have team GSWC on our shirts. See, because we're a team, we work together, we encourage each other. Um, we, we look out, we, you know, we, we pick each other up when one of the other ones down, if someone's running late, the other team will go and help them if they're finished early. Um, and we, we support one another. And, and that's more of the attitude we're trying to cultivate. I'm trying to help them be better at their job, not because I, I want to make more money off of them, because I want them to feel fulfilled and to feel like they, they have, they're a, a valuable part of the team. And we could not be as successful as we are if they were not part of that team. And yeah. if, we can, if we can instill that feeling in them, then they'll be loyal to the, the company as well. And, and then that's going to also just enhance that relationship that we have. And if someone comes in throwing more money at them, uh, hopefully they'll stay because they like the culture and they like the, the relationship that we have as opposed to just leaving because of money and just because of, of dollar signs. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. And um, it's just a, it, it's a basic human need to know that I matter and mm -hmm. that I make a difference. And I think as employers, management, it's a, it can be a difficult thing to carry out. But the thing is, it's really, it's very simple as far as what needs to be done, but mm -hmm. it's got to be purposeful. You know, yeah. you have to make a dedicated effort to get in that mode of appreciation and mm -hmm. um, recognizing and yeah. then acting on that. That's so, right. yeah, that's, that's really great. Do you want to share like, um, so you mentioned that, you know, you make sure to do the attaboys and, and I should say that, because we had this conversation, I think it was last week in one of the cleaning groups, somebody asked, how do you make your employees feel appreciated? That was a question. And I, of course, had this, you know, gigantic answer. But you hit it on the head because you cannot go to people and go, oh, great job. You know, you, you're just so fantastic. And Blah, 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 blah. That sounds like lip service. You know, that does not sound genuine. But mm -hmm. when you're saying you're connecting the yeah. dots and making it real. So when you're saying Mrs. So-and-so loved what, you know, that this that you did. And so let's connect you and Mrs. So-and-so because you're valuable to her and she appreciates mm -hmm. you, you know, that's a story. Yeah. And a feeling, not a, you know, high five, man, you did yes. great. You know, there's no emotion behind that. No. So and and just, that. just, just to give a plug for Martha, um, you know, we're, we're customers of our quality driven software and um, we absolutely love it. We did have to take a break over the summer because we were so slow, but we just started it up and the techs are, they were so excited to find out that we're doing it again. And just like what you had mentioned, Martha, about the specifics, what I love about the quality driven software is we get the reviews from surveys 
And then Monica, who's our, our, our culture rep here, she'll post in our, cause we have a, a group WhatsApp, you know, full crew right. WhatsApp group. And she'll post the, the review and who the two techs got the review, you know, the one or two texts. Right. And then she'll say, Hey, good job. You know, so-and-so. And then everybody else is like, Oh, nice job. You know, if it was Justin, nice job, Justin. Oh, you did a great job. And then, you know, every, and then he's like, thank you. Thank you. You know, and everyone is just kind of piling on, on the congratulations. And every time one comes in, that's the way it is. And it, it builds that team spirit. Like we're, mm -hmm. they're not competing against each other. They're not there to say, Oh, I'm the best tech. No, I'm the best tech. I deserve it. Everyone's like rooting each other on. And then we, I, this is, I think this is one of my favorite stories of, of, quality driven. So we have contests every site, like who gets the most reviews or we'll change it up every month. Right. And we had one that was a George Foreman outdoor grill. And we have one tech who lives in an apartment and he's right away. He says, I want that grill. I'm going to work hard to get that grill. I want it so bad. And he's telling everybody, I'm going to get that grill. You guys better not do a good job. I'm going to get that grill. He's going on. Anyways, at the end of the month, he just missed it. Oh. There was our, another tech got it and won. But when we presented it to the one tech, he turned around and gave it to, to Dave. I knew you were going to say that. And, and, and so yeah. that was, I thought was so cool because that shows the camaraderie between the techs yes. and that they all care about each other. And they're not in it just for the prizes or for the compensation. Right. They're in it for the, the relationships that we have. And their team, yeah. there are enough team members that they were willing to do that, you know? And so yeah. that's, that's the culture that I've been wanting to build my whole business since we've been hiring. It's taken a little while, but uh, I got to say the, the quality driven software has been kind of, I think the thing that got us over the hump to, to it's, it's the vehicle that takes a lot of pressure off of me, but has the same goal of, of, you know, achieving the, that, that attitude of teamwork and looking out for each other and and I think that's what we needed to to help us go into this next chapter of growth uh, that yeah. I'm hoping we're into. You know, when I built the software, I don't build any of the software because I'm not a developer. I can hardly tell you what code language it's in. But when I had the vision with my then partner Maria, ooh, um. Honestly, I was building it more for keeping people in line. You know, mm -hmm. honestly, mm -hmm. it was more. And it, and it does that too. <laughs> yeah, it does. It absolutely does. In a friendly way. But I didn't envision how it's so, it's such a morale booster and a kind of affirmation of, mm -hmm being valued and yeah. you know by the clients and then it gives the you know management the chance to very easily carry that through and say oh my gosh look what mrs smith said about you and i knew you did that but it's so cool to see mrs smith yeah. say that you know what what yes. Marinda told us a long time ago and i'm sorry to interject but also a happy qds user over here is she said, you know, they crave knowing how they're doing. So she built a software that shows them visually. It's not spreadsheets. It's not data scores. Mm -hmm. It's a visual representation of how they're doing. And then they crave transparency. Like, I feel like we'd always surveyed our customers, but it didn't have the employee option mm -hmm. of seeing it themselves. And there was something that magical that happened when we got really transparent, the good, the bad, the ugly. We were soliciting all feedback. And then we're letting them check it themselves. And then you can praise the good to get more good behavior. And naturally there's less bad, mm -hmm. but I, I love that you, yeah. you built that. And we yeah. love the Gabe and I are like, and yeah. our people love it, you know, cause they're crazy. Yeah. yeah. yeah it is. Well, and I don't know if you surveyed before and like printed or however you shared the content before, but my funny story is that I used a survey software before quality driven and we had to, you know, take the data, put it in spreadsheets, blah, 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 blah. And we cut and pasted the uh, comments and so forth. And we would put it on the door, you know, and like show it. So then long story short, when I was creating QDS, my company, my employees were the beta testers. And I was at a, 
a company picnic and sitting down with someone who was constantly like riding the line. And I was talking to her and I said, so how do you like being able to, you know, see your results and log in and stuff? And she, her eyes lit up. And this is not somebody who's like, was like my rock star. Her yeah. eyes lit up and she goes, oh, I love it. And she said, cause now, I, and she goes, now I know it's real. And when she mm -hmm. said that, I looked at her and I go, did you think we were making it up? And she goes, yeah. well, I don't know. She just literally said, she goes, well, I don't know. I mean, I always seem to get in trouble more than other people. <laughs> yeah, and she thought we were picking on her. Yeah. And then the funny thing is, kind of same results, but she saw that, oh, <laughs> you know, I really do get lower scores. Yeah. And yes, it helped her uh, raise those, but yeah. So for those of you who, uh, you've got to find a way to be transparent. Yes. You've got to find a way that, because it, otherwise, if it is something that they can't see, you've eroded some trust. Yeah. I think you hit it on the head though about, you know, you can show an employee a spreadsheet. It's not going to have the same emotional impact as if you show a picture of a review with the customer's name below and then the techs who are, who, who were responsible for that. That has a much more emotional impact on that tech than just showing them a spreadsheet of, oh, wow, you were very profitable for our company this, this week. Thank you so much. That doesn't mean anything, right? It's like, well, what yeah. does it mean for me? What what do I get out of that? It's just numbers. It's just a it's just a, a list of of things that are added together. Um, but when you see the actual review and you see the actual appreciation, and because you can get the you can hear almost the voice of the customer in the review, right? That Absolutely. that makes an impact. And then because well, then you're then they're like, oh, other people are seeing this too. It's not just me. Right. And so now they, they have that feeling of, oh, wow, I, I'm contributing, you know, I'm, I'm doing something that is helpful to the business and, and, and I'm, I'm receiving liked. feedback for them. They want to be liked, right? They want to know that yes. they're doing a good job. They want the customers yes. to like their work. They mm -hmm. want their boss to notice their work. Yep. And yes. I, I feel like that these are the things that it plays to, which we love. Yeah. Uh, text that She lost all Wi-Fi. So oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> be back. Uh, what happens now is we go to homework. Or wait, are you, am I cutting you off? Sorry. Uh, no, we'll go on. Okay, so we go to homework. Gabe, if you'd like to assign homework, you can. Um, we go round robin. Usually there's four people that come before you. There may only be two of us <laughs> that come before you. <laughs> um, and before I do that, I want to share with our listeners that this is what makes Fight Club for Business different, is we don't mm -hmm. want you to just come. I mean, we're glad you come. We're glad you download. We're glad that you subscribe to our podcast. But we need you to actually implement. Don't just consume this content. Do something with it. And if every single week you did something with what you learned over the past hour, your business will be in a very different place very, very soon. It actually happens quite quickly. So we're going to assign normally four to five pieces of homework. This week, it might only be three to four. And we're asking you to commit to only choosing one. And we don't care which one. Choose the one that speaks to you this week, the one that you feel like, man, I really, I need to do that yesterday. Do that one. And if you're still feeling motivated and you've got a bunch of extra time and you wanna do more, you can. But we're asking you to commit to one, only one, and calendar it so it actually gets done. We're big fans mm -hmm. of time blocking around here and actually implementing and executing on what we learn, not just consuming content. So I'm gonna start this week and I'm gonna challenge you to figure out your break-even point. And that is a big piece of homework. So this one is probably a two hour task if you choose to do this one. And it can be very simple. You can do it pencil to paper, but you need to write down what are all the costs that you're on the hook for this month. Just think about this month, this month, everything that you have to pay, no matter how much money you make, write down that number. And then in a separate column, I want you to write down what did it cost you to make what you're going to make last week? So last week, in order to make $10,000, I had to spend 
$100 on gas. I had to spend $5,000 on payroll. I had to spend, you know, $100 on workers' comp. Write down what it took to make the money you made last week. And we're going to use those to figure out, okay, per hour, how much does it cost to run my company right now? Mm -hmm. So that's your homework for this week. It's a little bit of a complicated equation, but I, I think it's worth doing because it's going to help you see, like Gabe has seen, either you can outgrow your, your financial pains, like you can, you can pay yourself a little bit less for a while while you're investing in this asset, mm -hmm. or you need to raise your prices so you don't have to cut your pay so that you can afford to pay yourself and the people that are working for you and make a good living. And I'm just going to end with the comment that you deserve to make a good living and being profitable is not greedy. You can do wonderful things with money. And 75% of businesses fail in the first 15 years. And we're trying to make you not be one of those 75%. So that is gonna be your money homework for this week. Okay, and my homework is going to be what I was gonna finish with and decide not to. So we talked about those survey comments that come in from the client. And we talked about sharing those in your you know, um, employee channel, but the homework is going to be taking it a step further. So it's very easy to take those survey comments and do like an employee spotlight highlight on your social media page. And I decided to do that as a homework since we had such a strong social media talk. Um, and I'm not going to say that I was, I wish that I had a social media person back then because I was hit or miss, but I'm telling you anytime that I like put our employees picture and I took that screenshot of what they did and you can make it nice and pretty in Canva now and so forth and posted that on our social media page, which takes very, very little time. I, it, it serves three purposes. One, I'd share that back to the employee and say, look, I just bragged on you on our social media page, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's one. Two, the clients, like doing business with people who brag on their employees mm -hmm. and treat their employees well. Mm -hmm. So, and all I did was take that survey comment and go, Oh my gosh, I love our employees. Bah, 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 bah. That's all I had to add. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is potential employees might be watching your page and mm -hmm. they're going to absolutely love how you brag on your employees. So it's an easy win and you win in three different areas. So mm -hmm. that's your homework. That was lengthy. Sorry. Awesome. Gabe, I yeah. think your homework should be asking the employee love program to do that for us. <laughs> Let us scale a little more and then we can make that happen. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be extra. Uh, yeah, okay. I do. I do have some homework. Yeah. So yeah. this is something I, I do recommend when there people ask me about social media advice is um, take a look at your social media, like on the page where it has like several posts, you know, like Instagram, you'll go to your, your page and then I'll have all of them kind of in a little grid. Um, scan through that. If all you see are pictures of your company or you doing the work and there's nothing about anything else, uh, your homework is to post at least twice the next week, either something else, like something about your community, something about nature, something about that's interesting, an interesting fact about the town that you live in. Um, another, uh, like uh, I mentioned, a complimentary uh, company that does something similar to yours that you can promote um, and or uh, promote a nonprofit in your area. And by doing that, you're reaching out to other people. Like for instance, with the complimentary companies, the reason why I do that is because if I'm referring them, there's a hope that they like that and then they may refer us to their clients. And, and we're not a competitor because we're doing something different than them, but we, they, they may have customers that will have the same, the need of our, of what we're able to do. So that's the benefit of doing that. 
uh, reaching out to nonprofits. I mean, we do a lot of, you know, nonprofit work that that goes a long way for the community that goes a long way for uh, being able to show your potential customers that you're more than just into it for profit, but that you really want to make the, the town a better place and that you love the community, you know, so just look it over. If you see that you're deficient in, in promoting things other than your company, make that your goal next week to just at least do two posts that are something other than your company. Tay, Gabe did your homework for you. Uh, social media, <laughs> audit, make sure that it's not about I, it's about you. Uh, I think he nailed it. So we're good. I think so. Uh, we we're usually, good. We usually end with a quote of the week. Um, I think we should just quote Gabe and he said, your business is an asset, period. Yep. So can that be your quote of the week? Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> thank you so much for thank joining you, us. Thank you, Gabe. It was yeah, great. Yeah, thank you guys. Oh, it was fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, nice we you. appreciate it. And we'll see everybody next uh, Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern for Fight Club. Have a great week. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.